I greet you this morning, my brother and I greet you this morning in the name of Jesus Christ, the house of the Lord, for this uh, most special occasion. The day we come to remember Jesus Christ in this dedicated service, this sacrament. And, uh, you know, in this time of year, as been mentioned already in a previous service this morning, that the time that we remember the birth, that the, that the world remembers the birth, of Jesus Christ. In fact, most calendars are measured by that birth and that death. And uh, we have the privilege today to remember him that sets all time. Um, And though as this time of year is a time that we consider giving gifts, giving things to others, Think of what it is that God has given to you, the gift of Jesus Christ, the promise of salvation. By way for a call to worship, I share with you a few words. We find first in Ephesians chapter 2, paraphrasing briefly, but it says that you and I were without Christ, we being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Jesus Christ, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Jesus Christ has broken down that partition between God and man in our sinful state. And today we come to remember him and that which he has done. And lastly, from section from section six, we find these words speaking of a gift and the greatest gift. If thou wilt do, yea, and hold faithful to the end, thou shalt be saved in the kingdom of God which is the greatest of all gifts of God. For there is no gift greater than the gift of salvation. Let us join together as we remember that greatest gift of salvation through Jesus Christ as we will turn to hymn number 397 and sing together.
Our Father who art in heaven, holy, holy, holy is thy name. And Father, we count it a joy and a privilege to gather into this, your house, this day on the Sabbath, this house that has been dedicated to thee and is even a sanctuary to the saints to draw apart from this world. And Father, we trust that each one has gathered here this day in that spirit of repentance and with a broken heart and a contrite spirit. And as we do this, Father, we pray that thy Holy Spirit might bless each one here in great abundance this day. And as we, as we examine our lives and remember that covenant and remember the life and purpose and the great sacrifice of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, may you bless us. And as we do these things, may you heal the brokenhearted and those that struggle in body and spirit and mind. And Father, we ask this blessing upon them. And Father, I pray that you might uh, be with my brother Matt as he breaks that bread of life. That thy Holy Spirit might be with them even as he places his hands upon this pulpit. And so it is, Father, uh, we pray and desire that you might be with us this day. And bless each one as we reach forth. And that each one might be filled as we partake of this uh, great feast. And these things we pray in the name of our Lord and Savior, who is Jesus Christ. Amen. As we come to a time of uh, our giving of our gifts and offerings, I'm reminded of my father. My dad, uh, Jim Rogers, is in a, a full-time uh, care facility. He has dementia. And oftentimes he will stick on one thing. They, they say their mind loops. And so when you're sitting there next to him, he's, like, he's going to ask you, how's everybody on the farm? Well, Dad, they're good. They're real good. They're doing just fine. And, you know, a minute later, 30 seconds later, how's everybody on the farm? Continues to ask the same question often. And so uh, he's got COVID now. He he gets out of his confinement, his room, uh, tonight at midnight. I went up a few days ago to see him. And you have to put on the the whole, uh, what I call a hazmat suit. You know, they, they put little footies on you, head Bank things and gloves and uh, the cold and everything. Just cover you all up. You got to go in and you go into his room. He's all by himself and shut in all by himself 10 days because he's had COVID. Now, I didn't see any symptoms of it. He doesn't have a fever, not suffering in any way. But this day, he was stuck on something different. Son, how you doing? Can I help you with anything? 
Can I do anything for you? Little orderly came in there to take the garbage out. Got the bag, was throwing things in there, you know. You need any help over there? Can I help you with something? Looked over at me. You know, I always like to help people. It's my testimony that if you'll live your life giving to others and helping people. My dad did his entire life. When you get old, if you lose your mind, though you lose everything else, you'll still want to give. John 3 and 16, the most popular scripture in Christendom. In every trench, that's what they'll, they can quote. From the littlest to the oldest can quote John 3 and 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Let us pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for thy innumerable blessings. Thou hast created the heavens and the earth and all things therein. And you've called us to be stewards. You have given us dominion over this earth. And Father, we pray that we might always honor thee in all that we think, do, and say. And may we be good stewards. May we use all that we have for the building of thy kingdom and for helping others. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity, for this time to be able to share what you so much, so greatly blessed us with. We praise thee and thank thee in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen.
<clears throat> I've had a cough for uh, a, a while, so if I cough during the service, I apologize. I'm definitely on the downhill slide trying to get over it. So, um, In final preparations, um, a testimony uh, came to mind, and I was trying to decide if I wanted to share it um, or not, and I, I didn't... I didn't think that uh, I didn't think that I should um, until Rick, uh, during the oblation, shared his. Um, so I, I co-sponsored with another teacher, a group at school, and we had the we had the opportunity yesterday to um, go to Lazarus Ministries in downtown Kansas City and serve um, and serve the needy. Um, and it's a school group, and so. We couldn't preface it as being a, uh, a church, um, church-related uh, service. Uh, we had to preface it as just serving the needy. Um, but we got the opportunity to go down, and, you know, there's this, anytime you take a student group anywhere, there's this, this level of nervousness that comes about this um, kind of uh, maybe a little bit of fear that creeps in just because you hope you know, you hope and pray that everything's going to go perfect and uh, everything, you know, you're going to bring everybody back safely and, and so on and so forth. But we get to this old old church building um, yesterday morning at about 9 o'clock and walk in and um, there are people scurrying everywhere. So they provide a boutique for, for the needy to go through and then in the basement they provide uh, food. And so our group was in charge of serving the food. And so we get down there, and uh, Miss Pearl is in charge of the kitchen. And um, when I say Miss Pearl is in charge of the kitchen, she's in charge. Um, and and it doesn't matter how big of a stature you are, um, you just say yes, ma'am, Miss Pearl, um, and do exactly what she says. But just the 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 kindest heart that you could find. Just don't do something wrong. Um, and so we are down there and we're preparing, you know, the food and the chicken and, and, and all of this stuff um, for these people who are going to, to arrive soon. And it gets time for, for them to arrive and we start serving plates and we're handing out trays. And all of a sudden there's this fear of not having enough food because it's running out quickly. Uh, people are walking through, and uh, there's just not enough there. Um, and so you see Miss Pearl starting to scramble and trying to find more food, and um, everybody's trying to help, and um, there's a worry about it. Um, but before this all began, before e- anybody even showed up, um, the, the group that's in charge invited us for a prayer. And so we circled about and um, some of these students aren't necessarily probably used to that, but we circle about and, and we all embrace and say a prayer. And that was one of the things that was prayed about was that we had enough, that we had enough for everyone, um, that, that walked through the door. And so we serve from 11 to 1230 and it gets to about 1225 and, and the last person walks in and we scoop the last bit of uh, food onto a plate and we get it out the window um, and the doors close and it was exactly the amount that we needed. 
And so in thinking about that this morning in my final preparations, uh, Matthew 14, 13 through 18 came up. And you know that's the the chapter where Jesus serves the multitude. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion towards them. And he healed their sick. And it was when it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, This is a desert place, and the time is now past. Send the multitude away that they may go to the villages and buy themselves victuals. But Jesus said unto them, They need not depart. Give them, give ye them to eat. And they said unto him, We have here but five loaves and two fishes. He said, Bring them hither to me. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass. And he took the five loaves and the two fishes, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples and the disciples to the multitude, and they did all eat and were filled. And they took up the fragments that remained, twelve basketfuls, and they that had eaten were about five thousand men besides women and children. The Lord provides what we need when we need it, especially when we're doing his work. And to Be a part of that process of helping serve, but also helping students to learn that as well, and and having a life of service. Um, It was, I mean, it it was it was miraculous to watch. Um, It was it was a blessing to be a part of. But the Lord works in mysterious ways and is wondrous in, in his love because I was not going to share that um, until Rick uh, shared his testimony this morning. So I definitely appreciate that. Uh, scripture for this morning um, is Isaiah 53.5. Now, talking about the sacrament, it's hard to talk... Um, it's hard to talk about the sacrament in the season of giving, in that Christmas time, because we're supposed to be um, giving and we're supposed to be, um, you know, joyful because of the birth of Christ that has come about. But it is a joy to talk about the sacrifice that Christ made because he made that for us. He made that sacrifice for us. So Isaiah 53, 5 says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. With his stripes we are healed. When you serve others, and when you sacrifice for others, there is a peace that comes about. Now according to the Bible, we partake of the sacrament in remembrance of the body and the blood of Christ. That was broken and poured out on the cross. Now, we do not only take the sacrament, um, or the sacrament does not only remind us of his suffering, but shows shows us um, the amount of love that he had for us. He sacrificed his life for us that we could have eternal life. 
but it also shows us the width of his arms as they are stretched out. And not only on the cross, but always. Willing to embrace us, um, willing to embrace all mankind. So we joyfully proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. And in John 6.53, he tells us that unless one eats his body and drinks his blood, we have no life. Then Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. It is, there is physical nourishment that has to take place. But there is also that spiritual nourishment that has to come about as well. It is hard to live uh, a daily life um, if your soul is suffering. If your spirit is in turmoil and it is something that we come to the table at the beginning of every month and we try to um, understand the sacrifice that Christ made for our forgiveness, but for our eternal life. And that's hard to, that's hard to, to understand sometimes. He also adds in John six fifty four through 56, that his body is food and his blood a drink, and whoever ate his body and drunk his blood abides in him, and he will do so with us. And that scripture reads, Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up in the resurrection of the just, for my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me and I in him. Now, yes, there is that physical action of taking the bread and drinking the the wine. But by receiving this spiritual flesh and blood, Christ does live in us and us in him. So the scriptures teach us that um, through the sacrament, we also connect with Jesus, not only in the memory of his death, but in the spiritual life he gives to us. And that Christ is present to uphold and strengthen his people, those who are living by his commandments. <coughs> Excuse me. Paul tells us in his letter to the Christians in Corinth, Greece, that Jesus started this tradition of the sacrament. Now, it isn't such a tradition as it is a covenant or an agreement. But he instructed his followers, his disciples, to use bread and wine to remember the sacrifice he was going to make when he died for our sins. So 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-three through 26 reads as is. For I have received of the Lord that which I have delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same manner, he also took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, this do ye as oft as ye drink it, and in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Now, this is, this is Paul's words to the Christians 
in Greece. Paul has this firsthand knowledge. This he, Paul is his primary source because he was there. He witnessed it. But can you imagine being in Paul's shoes or any other the, the disciples? I'm back there in my final preparations in the office. And to, on the north wall is a picture of the Last Supper. And Jesus with his hands out. And you see the other disciples aghast. Just in awe of what Jesus is telling them. Imagine, put yourself in their shoes, hearing that this this leader, this teacher, this great physician, this man that you follow and love so much, is sacrificing himself at the direction of God for everyone. That would be hard to hear. Because now all of a sudden in your mind you're thinking... Well, what am I going to do? Who is going to lead us? And now what is my job? What is my role? What am I supposed to do? But it's just like a parent. We raise our children and we teach them and we let them grow and we let them stretch. And at times there's a little despair and there's some heartache that come with that. But just as we do with our children... We have to sometimes do, and Jesus has to do with us. And he had to do it with the disciples as well. I've given you all that I can, and now it's your turn to go do what you can as well. I've shown you how to do it, and now it's your turn to go do it. So this table is our reminder This table is our reminder on what God has given us, what God has taught us, what Jesus has sacrificed for us. And as we partake, it is now our turn to go do the same. In our daily lives, in the interactions that we have with everyone, um, in everything that we do, it is our turn to go. Now, this amount of support and protection comes from a place of unconditional love that Christ has and that God has. This pure peace and patience. And like I said, as a parent, we do the same for our children. Now, we learn in John 6, 48 through 51, that Jesus also called himself the bread of life. Which means that we're nourished by Him. We survive because of Him. And He satisfies us when everything else leaves us empty. Now, I'm not very picky on what I eat. I know I probably look like I am, but I'm not. And there are certain meals that I can eat, and I do not get full. That's not how it's supposed to work. At all. And then you have to eat more. But there are words that I can read. There are stories that I can hear that fulfill me in a way that food cannot. That things that man makes cannot do for me. When I partake of the bread and I partake of the wine, there is a fulfillment that takes place and a nourishment that takes place 
that you don't experience anywhere else. That isn't available. Created by man. This is something only God and Jesus can provide. Sacrament is not only about the bread and the wine. It's also about the body and blood of Jesus. About listening to Jesus and doing what he asks. About remembering his life. Remembering the scriptures and his spoken word. Remembering that he was beaten and broken for us. So that we can be healed by him with our sins forgiven. It is a commandment to remember. Jesus wants us to remember every time we partake of the bread and the wine, and even when we sit at our tables in our own homes or out in the world, that he is the one who provides all that we need. Just as in our service um, with the students yesterday, we had exactly the amount that was needed. Not a little less, not a little more. There was no extra. It was exactly what we needed. He gives us the physical food that we need to survive and the spiritual nourishment we need to keep taking our next steps with him. When taking the the sacrament, we find a rebirth, a revival, an opportunity to flourish in the forgiveness that the Lord provides, but it is also a new beginning. It's a new beginning of light, Out of the darkness. Now, yes, we partake of this once a month, but it is something that we need to remember every day that we wake up. That covenant stays with us in our daily walk, in our daily lives. He is there in our daily steps. And during certain seasons in our lives, he is carrying our burdens. Now, like I said, as a parent, we facilitate our children's upbringing, allowing our children to grow, allowing uh, nourishment into their lives, the physical and spiritual, providing opportunities to experience what life is about, but from time to time carrying them through the darkness and letting them know that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Because if you ever find yourself in darkness, continue to walk. Don't stop. There are going to be times of tears, of heartache, and what feels like despair, but the Lord provides us a foundation to live upon. And that foundation is the support that we need to always rely upon him. Again, I go back to the Last Supper. As the Lord is telling, as Jesus is telling his disciples that he will no longer be with them. There is that little bit of fear that creeps in. And it's that question of, well, what if? Well, what if this happens? Or what if that happens? What am I supposed to do? But the Lord provides us all the information that we need and all the support that we need 
and everything we need every day. And he provided the same for the disciples. And they went out and they spread the word. And they did his work just as we are supposed to now. But it is something that we have to remember and we are reminded of in the sacrament. If you take nothing else from today, remember this. Every time we gather around bread and wine, in church or in our homes, we remember Jesus is the one who provides all we need. He is our foundation of rock, someone that we can rely on to help us grow and stretch, not only physically but spiritually. The Lord is our parent. He's our teacher. He's our coach. He's our friend, and he's the great physician. His stretched-out arms provide the comfort that we need. In closing, there's two scriptures that came to mind. Deuteronomy 20, verse 4, For the Lord your God is he that goeth with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. And 2 Samuel 22, 2-4, And he said, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. The God of my rock, in him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower and my refuge, my Savior. Thou savest me from violence, and I will call on the Lord who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from my enemies. The God, the God that we worship in Jesus Christ is the one who will provide everything that we need through the sacrament. He provides forgiveness, which we need, I need every day. And he provides the nourishment, not only for our physical body, but our spiritual one as well. Remember that in your daily walk.
Saints, the emblems that uh, we've heard of this morning have been prepared before you, the bread and the wine. And together we will uh, partake, reaching forth our hand in remembrance of what Jesus Christ has done for us. Would you join with me then as we kneel, as the prayer is offered over the bread? O God, the Eternal Father, we ask Thee in the name of Thy Son, Jesus Christ, to bless and sanctify this bread to the souls of all those who partake of it, that they may eat in remembrance the body of thy Son, and witness unto thee, O God, the Eternal Father, that they are willing to take upon them the name of thy Son, and always remember him, and keep his commandments which he has given them, that they may always have his Spirit be with them. Amen.
Did everyone that desired to partake receive their portion of the bread? Then, saints, once again, would you kneel with me as the prayer is offered on the wine? (coughs) O God, the Eternal Father, we ask Thee in the name of Thy Son, Jesus Christ, to bless and sanctify this wine to the souls of all those who drink of it, that they may do it in remembrance of the blood of thy Son, which was shed for them, that they may witness unto thee, O God, the Eternal Father, that they do always remember him, that they may have his Spirit to be with them. Amen.
that everyone receive their portion of the wine that desired to partake. I don't know, saints, if you'll agree with my summation or not of today's service. You heard uh, today the greatest sermon ever spoken. And I don't say that to lift up Matt Hakes. I love Matt. He's my brother. I say that because what you heard today was salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the greatest sermon that can be spoken. And it speaks of the love that our Heavenly Father has for His children and for this world. Indeed, God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. In the first book of Nephi, the third chapter, Nephi is talking about the experience that his father had, Lehi's vision. And he says, And I also beheld that the tree of life was a representation of the love of God. And the angel said unto me again, Look, and behold the condescension of God. And I looked and beheld the Redeemer of the world, of whom my father had spoken. This tree represented the love of God, and immediately afterwards, Nephi saw, as it was pointed out to him by the ministry of this angel, the condescension of God. What does that mean, the condescension of God? It means that Jesus Christ was graciously willing to leave the courts of glory and to come and to walk among sinful men, knowing full well that he'd be taken to the cross. He presided over every aspect of his life and of his crucifixion. And we have caused this day to rejoice because death did not hold him. He is alive forevermore. The Apostle Arthur Oakman said that the Son of God has become man in Christ so that in Christ men may become the sons of God. What beautiful words. Ponder on those things, saints, and may glory be given unto our Lord Jesus Christ in the highest, for he is worthy of our praise and our adoration. For he came and made that sacrifice so that you and I would not be bound by death, but would be redeemed and be able to come back into his presence. You should have cause to rejoice this day as to the things that have you have witnessed and that you have heard. And we pray that our Heavenly Father and his only begotten Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, might be glorified this very day.
O God, the Eternal Father, hallowed be thy holy name. And we lift our voice in praise unto thee and for that which our Lord Jesus Christ has done for us. We thank you that we've had this time today to come together and remember him. The sacrifice that he made, the life that he lived, the uh, uh, countenance that he had that we desire to be in our lives as well. Father, as we uh, depart from this place, would you bless your people? Go before them, be in their homes, be with them all week. Would your spirit burn within them? They, They may have a desire to share the witness of the testimony and of the hope that lies within them. Father, help us to be strong in these days that we might indeed be a light upon a hill, that we might hold fast to the fullness and the truth of the gospel of thine only begotten Son. It is in his name that I do pray and ask these things of thee, Father, even the sacred name of Jesus Christ. Amen.